Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glojo podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and today I am so excited to introduce you to our very special guest. I know I say this every time, but it's because I truly am so excited to introduce everyone to you and to share these conversations. Today in the Glojo, I am talking with the fabulous, the beautiful, the wonderful, the creative, funny, talented Nini Marini. Nini is an artist based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And I lived over in KL for two and a half years. And you know what? Throughout that time, we did not meet. I can't believe it. But fortunately, our paths crossed at a business event in Hawaii. We instantly bonded over our shared love of the creative life. She led us through this incredible art workshop where I basically made scarves for 12 hours straight. (laughs) I was in true state of flow, also enjoying a few cocktails by the pool. So that was a great combination. Marini has spent 20 years in the media industry as a producer, and she was also the content innovation head for a national media company, all while practicing art on the side. How cool is that? She is now a full-time artist and maker, and she's dedicated to building her art business. She is a blast, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her. So here's a quick sneak peek of what we talk about today. This is definitely a conversation that was had by two creative people. You will notice that we hop around and we somehow cover so much ground and talk about so many different concepts about creativity and how it relates to life and all of the benefits that you can experience. Even if you don't think you're a creative person, you are and this applies to you. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited to have this conversation. I truly believe that creativity lives within all of us. And the more we can start to activate our personal creativity, the more fulfilling and fun life can become. And who doesn't want more fulfillment and fun? (laughs) So here's a couple of things we talk about. We talk about what it means to be creative. We talk about the benefits of creativity. We talk about how your physical surroundings and environment impact your creativity. We talk about integrating creativity into your daily life. We discuss conquering and overcoming those creative blocks. And this is one of my favorite things. We talk about what it means to be a whole brainer. Now, this is a concept I had never heard about before I talked to Marini and she just totally expanded (laughs) my mind here. There's so many great pieces throughout this interview, but towards the end, Marini just really, really gets on a roll and it's like a manifesto for living a creative life and why we should all live more creatively. So I'm so excited for you to learn more about being a whole brainer, how you can be one, what the qualities are, what the benefits are. We also talk about the correlation between creativity and courage. And then get this, if you've ever listened to one of my episodes before, you know that I often end them with a recap of some of the top takeaways from the conversation and a list. (laughs) 
Marini showed up with her own list with eight powerful takeaways on creativity. And of course, a creative person showed up with her own list and colored outside of the lines and did something new. I just love it. And let's hop on into the Glojo so we can get this creative party and conversation started. Enjoy and I will see you there. Hello and welcome to the Glojo, Marini. It's so great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me, Leanne. It's so great to see your face again. Yes, I know. It's been so nice to connect with you more recently. We've been having some creative conversations behind the scenes, and now it's time to share them with the world and have an awesome conversation around creativity and what that means and all of the benefits to living a creative life. I'm a little bit nervous, so let's do this. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm a little bit nervous too, but that's a good thing. It means it's going to be an awesome conversation. Marini, you really are the most creative person I've ever met. And we've actually only met once in person, but then I've Instagram stalked you for a good year and a half now. <laughs> and it has been so cool to see all of your different endeavors, all of the different I'll say like arts and crafts and different forms of expression and partnerships and collaborations and all of these different things that you've done. And it's really cool to see where your creativity has led you and this business that you're building. So I just want to start off by saying, I can't wait to pick your creative brain and really learn more about what goes on up there and your view on creativity and the world and business and life. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you about this. There's so many things that are, is running through my head right now as you're saying all these things. <laughs> I want to get into it. You know, as I am being creative, I also battle with this idea of having to, to balance it. And I think I'm going to explore this idea with you in this conversation, yeah. I feel. Awesome. Well, let's just dive in. So I know the very first question I'm going to ask, this was actually a question that was submitted to me on Instagram from Andrea. And Andrea asked, what is your definition of creativity? What does it mean to be creative? And so I'd love to start the conversation with that. When you told me this question, I was like, how do I even explain to it? Because I really know that the person or Andrea is asking this because she really needs to understand what it is, right? And I'm going to have to be as ambiguous as it is because creativity is having to not be defined. Mm. Um, because it's thinking outside the box, it's being imaginative, it's being colorful, vibrant, all those delicious things. That's creativity. That's fun. It's being fluid. And all those words that I've just described, it's really hard for us to have like one to say that this is what describes creativity. Do you know what I mean? So it's non-conforming. I hope that helps, but I feel like that's the idea of creativity. Creativity is about getting yourself out of that structure, out of that box and being more fluid and organic in terms of thinking, even spirituality. You're being creative about life. You're just not trying to be based on definition or structure. Mm, I love it. That's good. I was pondering it, but I'm like, I don't know. How do you define creativity? And what came through for me is that creativity is life. And again, that's an ambiguous. <laughs> and so I think there's already trends going on in our conversation. But also I'll get a little more specific, I guess. And I'll say it's like creativity is our DNA. It's what makes us up and it's our personal expression. You can be creative in what you wear. You can be creative in your hair, your makeup, 
your jewelry, your Instagram account, your home decor, your cooking. I really do think that creativity lives all around us and it flows through us. It's just a matter of how much we allow it and how much we allow ourselves to really, like you said, go outside of the box and paint and color and have fun. Yeah, I love it. I love that you've defined my ambiguity in a way, but it is that. And to Andrea, as I use Andrea as an example, so what is creativity? And it's the thing that you don't do always, but you have it inside of you that you feel like you want to do and you're just doing it that one time or maybe two or three times, but it's that one thing that you feel like, I, I don't usually do this and I'm going to do it. So that's, that's out of the box. That's jumping out of your comfort zone. And that's what it is really. Yeah. Thank you. And so next question that comes to mind off of this for everyone listening, if we were selling them, I'm not saying we are, but if we were selling them on why being a creative is so amazing and why creativity is really an important part of life, what would you say? What are the benefits? How can creativity fuel us in our personal lives and in our business? I think creativity is so important. And I draw this from art education and the need for us to think like a whole brainer, like research about what art education does to your brain. But it helps you be more flexible, more nimble in terms of your brain, softens your brain. Creativity is that. And when creativity and art, there is a difference in a way because art is the act of doing and making things and creativity is more of a mind. Like you sort of take whatever that you imagine and break it down. That's creativity in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. This is what's so interesting. It's even hard to talk about in certain ways because... I think that it expresses itself differently for everyone. I never used to consider myself a creative, but like now it's obvious I'm a very creative person, but I'm not an artist. Whereas I'd say you're very creative and you're an artist. Well, that's where I will argue with you, Leanne, because I feel like you are an artist. The term art and artist have been put in this special category that only some certain people can be. And I feel like everybody is an artist. I always inter- interchange creativity and art, and I feel like those are the It's similar. Art and creativity are from the same family, and everyone can be an artist if they allow themselves to be creative and make things, because art is about making things. There's talent, and of course there's that, but you can call yourself an artist. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm an artist of my podcast. I'm an artist of my life. Those yeah. are just... It's just terminologies that we're all stuck on at the moment. Yeah, I can see that. And by getting stuck to those terms, what possibilities are we actually blocking or holding off? And so when you think of creativity in business, because I know before you went out on your own, you were working in media and your job sounded really freaking cool. You and I have talked about this before and there's the left brain folks, there's the right brain folks, there's the rare whole brainers. I'd love for you to share a bit more about your experience there and what it was like for you being a creative person and how you were able to see like, oh, this creativity gives me a cutting edge or it gives me this unique perspective. I'd love to hear more about this. This is going to be like a backstory a little bit here, but um, I was always an art student. I graduated in university with an art degree in visual communication. So it's not necessarily fine art, but it had to do with mm-hmm. creative concept thinking. 
So when I graduated, I came back and it was just nothing there for me. Actually, I should have been a creative director of some kind, but I just didn't want to be in film or even in advertising. I found it very dry. So I thought I was going to go into television and that's how, because I love watching TV. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is going to be a no-brainer. Malaysian television, maybe I can do something with the graphics. There. This, bear in mind, this is like 1999 when a lot of it was still looking a little bit backward, I mean, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So when I went to this broadcast industry, I thinking that it was going to be quite creative. I realized that it wasn't. It was like a corporate structure and... I was the only one there and everything, even the office was not inspiring in a way. It looked like an office. And I felt myself go, oh my God, how am I going to do this, right? And little things, I started making art on the side, outside by myself. Mm-hmm. I started saying yes to projects that illustrate for people. So I kept my art alive in the way, like creating art. But in the office, I started even decorating my space a little bit more creatively. And I had a cubicle then. It was just a little cubicle, but I I had, I put like these postcards of places I wanted to go and it became a pillar of postcards and people started adding to it. And then this happened. And I used to have all my art notebooks and my, amongst my schedules, I would always be found drawing. And and every time people came through, because my cubicle was the first one that when you enter the office, you'd see it, they'd come through and they ask me, what you doing? And these are people who are producers. These are people who are just like stuck. And they just found me so fascinating because I had color pencils and they'd be like, oh, Nini, can I borrow a pencil? And I, I always welcomed it. And I feel like that sort of energy helped me and gave me an edge in a way. And the fact that people started giving me postcards and giving me things to put on instead of asking me to take that, I felt that I was contributing in a way. And fast forward to, I was there for like 20 years. <laughs> well, there in, in terms of the industry, but in the company, I was in Media Prima for quite a long time. And I think my last post there, I was head of innovation there. But the most Coolest thing was we, we moved to offices and my CEO at the time said, hey, Nini, I need you to start a painting project and you need to paint the walls in my office. And I was like, what? You know, for the first time, my art and office life came together in a big way. And it was so amazing to me. And I think that was the trigger to actually ask, start to get me to leave the office. Mm-hmm. I just loved the fact that I was being embraced as this artistic person and I was being paid to paint walls during office hours. That was like the hugest thing. So if you go to Primark Studios, all the and murals are painted by me and the people at work because I created a painting project for everybody so they can come and paint when they're bored. And it was so great. It was what a creative office should be like I would be painting the whole day with the mural but there are people like oh I've got a recording so I'll join you later but they'll come in for two hours three hours because they're all creative people they just forgot to actually make things and when you put the act of putting something onto another surface allows for that trigger to allows for part of you to open up and I think that's what I sell basically it's promote the act of making things I promote that you know, with a passion, because I feel like once you start doing something, it's just going to get all your fluids going inside. And you just go, oh my God, my inner artist. So I like awaken your inner artist. And I feel like everybody 
born an artist. And that's true. I mean, that's a quote that I've, you've probably heard a lot of people say uh, that everybody was born an artist. I mean, we didn't learn how to read and write without learning objects and without learning painting and color first, you know. So yeah. you, you need to think back to the core. You were told that you need to flash cards in front of babies so that they can get stimulated. And those were all but colors. They were like, you know, just shapes and nothing about language, nothing about like, you know, constraints. Ooh, I love it. It's a world of color. (laughs) Yeah. I love what you shared because there were a few things that were going through my mind. The first thing is that you talked about decorating your cubicle. And I absolutely love that because you were making it a place that was true to you, that was comfortable. And I'm guessing a place that inspired you. And so I know both of us, you're in your studio right now. I'm in my studio, I guess. It's a different kind of studio, but it's my studio. And you can tell that they're both really creative spaces. And so uh, what are your thoughts on your environment and how your environment actually impacts your creativity? I think environment and space is so important for you to leave it as a trigger. You need to draw physically a place where you can go to get your power and energy, like your power up. And I know people go there for meditation, but I think in a physical space, seeing things that stimulate you, surrounding things that give you pleasure and things that make you happy are just, it's good enough for you to use to ride on so that you can start feeling that enthusiasm to do something fun today. And I think that's important for you to make sure that your space is fun, it's mm-hmm. colorful, it's vibrant, and it's inspirational to you, right? And all the things that you weren't brave enough to put in your office, put it in your creative space at yeah. home or whatever, and just have that because that's a visual trick. Yeah. So when you see it, you're reminded of yourself that you have this other side of you yeah. that you love and you're paying attention to. Mm, I love that. And I'm a firm believer that space and where we spend our time and our physical environment, it really does impact us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, probably physically too. I guess it was the last place I lived. That's when I decided I'm going for it. I'm going to have a creative office. And I started this photo wall and I had it planned out a little bit, but then I just kept adding to it and I would buy this for my travels. And it was to most people, it was probably, it looked like like an eyesore, like a train wreck. But to me, it was so inspiring. I would be able to take a trip down memory lane and that would maybe spark something for me to work on. And so when I moved into my new place, I've really made interior design. Well, one, it's been fun. And two, there's basically, it's been a lockdown. <laughs> so I've had a lot of time on my hands and a different way to spend my money. So I've really put a lot into my home. But my office, like what you see here is totally different than what I see. And so I'm a firm believer in how our environment can actually fuel our creativity and help us get into a state of flow or help us feel energized or relaxed. And so I know that we had another question from Tanya and Tanya had said, if I can't schedule time for it, how can I integrate creativity into daily activities so that it's always on? And so for me, surrounding yourself in a space that makes you feel inspired and creative, that's a good first step to keeping the flow going. Now, 
I also know that the flow, that is not always on. (laughs) And I don't think it's realistic for us to expect that it's always just going to be on. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. (laughs) Thank you, Tanya, for this wonderful question. And you know, when you read out this question to me, I'm instantly thought of the many other Tanyas out there that just believe that everything needs to be structured and scheduled. I feel like this is one thing that you need to allow yourself to have no structure and no schedule for. So in a schedule, for me especially, I would have blocks. I don't, sometimes I don't even follow my blocks, but it's something that I learned where you have like mornings and, and you know your optimum creative time. I know like my creative timing is like in the mornings between 10 to about four. So I would have my creative block and I let that be the hour for anything to happen, painting wise. Mm-hmm. So, but because I have an artist schedule, it's a little bit different to those of structure. So scheduling two hours of creativity every, do it within a block, I would say, you know, in the mornings or whenever you feel your softest, Mm. your hardest, you know, whenever you feel like it's your time to yourself, that's when you can also hone your creativity because that's when you are fluid and pliable and there are no walls around you. It's hard for me to say you cannot be in a state of flow always because that's quite negative, Mm -hmm. but it's, a lot of pressure for you to say that you'd need to be in a creative flow always. But I always like, like, for me as a space, I have my space, my studio, but everywhere I go, there's always things that I can write on. So I have like little notebooks everywhere and they're really special notebooks that I put around with pencils so that if there is a moment where I have a thought that I need to write, I'll write it down and leave it there. And it's just left everywhere. And knowing that I have all these things lying around, all these ideas floating about, it just helps me contain or it helps me shape my thoughts and even just being creative that way. It reminds myself, remind myself to be creative. I love that. I know that there's a lot of authors out there and books that I've read, they'll say that they'll always have a little notepad with them to capture the ideas when they come. Or now we have phones. So like taking, recording an audio note to ourselves or writing the notes. The other thing that comes to mind is... Oh, yeah. Just want to eject, though. yeah. For me and creativity, it is so important to put things onto paper. Mm. Just specifically being creative, yeah. you need to put p- things onto paper. It's better imprinted. And it's also, you took two minutes of your time to write something or draw or doodle something down because let's not forget, this is not like a business. How do you maintain your business ideas? This is like, how do you be creative? And being creative is always the act of creating things or making or putting things onto something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very true. And there's a lot of research out there. And I think this is scientific, folks. I'm going to say it is, and then I'll find some research to back it up. But there is something to be said for writing down, like actually putting pen to paper. There's some sort of magical alchemy that's scientific. (laughs) I know that sentence doesn't seem like it would all go together, but I think it's true. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. This is funny. I feel like we're creatives unleashed. We're We're just going to do whatever we want and talk about whatever we want. We're about to spiral. You know that. (laughs) It's about to get really fun. (laughs) So just going back to Tanya's question though, because another thing came to mind. So it said, how can I integrate creativity into daily activities so that it's always on? 
when I read that, I'm like, oh, well, why not do daily activities that actually make you feel creative? What makes me feel connected to myself? What makes me feel energized? What makes me feel inspired? What makes me feel lit up? And so is it journaling? Is it putting on music? Is it painting? Is it coloring? That's what comes to mind for me. What comes to mind for you when you think of like activities that can actually inspire creativity? Oh, for me, because painting is my profession. um, So sometimes to get away with it, I like to craft. Mm -hmm. So I like things out of like, I was just looking up before going online. I said, what can I do with straws? Because I have so many plastic straws. Malaysia is just the number one straw fan. So I just found I can do basket weaving. I can do so many things with straws. I can't wait to do it. So when I craft, I lose myself and I lose days. And I love doing it because my hands are just active. My brain's sometimes there, not thinking. Because especially after I learn the skill, I can keep on weaving, for instance. Mm-hmm. I days. And it helps me think, it gets me into a very meditative state and it inspires me to do more things after that. But I also wanted to touch about Tanya's question again, she's haunting me, but main creative. Mm -hmm. It's so important for us to rest and really take a beat and step. Like, you know, we were having quite a exhausted week last week. I think our batteries were quite low and I took some time to really rest and not feel guilty about it. And just having the energy back, because when you, when you give energy into something, it's just better, Mm -hmm. you know? That's really important that people forget that you need to rest to be creative. Yeah, it's true. Let's talk about creative blocks because we both absolutely had one last week. So we were supposed to record this interview last week. I commend us because we both showed up. (laughs) We showed up to the plate. We're like, okay. And then it was like, oh my God, we're both having these days. And we ended up having this really, really connected like it was a nourishing conversation. There was something oh, yeah. really, yeah, there was something really sweet about it for me. And we were talking about our creative blocks. And so when you think of creative blocks, I love how you said like, it's important to take time to refuel or recharge or rest. And so what else do you have to say about creative blocks out there? That it's okay. I think mm-hmm. that you're not flowing and it's okay because you know, for me especially, and I just draw Sometimes I go weeks without painting and I don't even say this to anyone. I'll go in the studio. I said, where were you? My husband was at, where were you today? I was at the studio, but I didn't do anything. I was just laying on the floor, just not doing anything. And I feel like I can't tell this to a lot of people because then they'd be like, but you just laid on the floor and doing nothing. And and yeah, it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. And part of my creative block is that. And sometimes I have this huge thing of perfection and it's always been a thing for me that I need things. Even in corporate, when they did the test on me, they said, you need to let go of this idea of perfection. And it's not just work, but also in life and also in, in art that I have to have certain things set up right in order for me to move on. Or I need to have step one and two done first before I can move on. I was just talking to you about my painting. I feel like I can't move on without that painting being done. And I'm fighting that because I feel like I can do other things. I just have to be patient with that one while that Mm -hmm. evolves. So I think that's really important for you to know about creative blocks that you have to work on yourself and that you need to get over yourself in a way Mm -hmm. 
in order for you to overcome the block. So for me, one of the best things that I do is not do the thing that I was doing. <laughs> so like stay away from it for a while and trust you can come back to it and it will serve you better. I always feel like if I don't paint often that I will forget how to, or I would lose my mojo or I will lose that rhythm that I was doing. It was just that maybe my inside was just saying, you've had enough of that. And, you know, I think I have to listen to that part of me before I can move to the next phase. Yeah, that's beautiful. There's so much wisdom in there. (laughs) It's like (laughs) wisdom from a creative soul, but that applies to all areas of life. Like what came to mind when you were talking is what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. And so when we're in those, I know for me, if I'm in a creative block and if I focus on that, like it's not flowing, I can't figure this out. It's this, it's that. If I'm in a creative block or, and that's what I focus on, it just gets worse. It's like by beating myself up and trying to force it, I get the opposite result of what I'm looking for. And when you said, you know, laying and just laying there, it's part of the process. When I've done deeply creative work, it's been absolutely part of my process. I'll be like, wait, what did I do this week? And I'm like, oh no, I'm starting to get worried about these client things. And then I'll sit down and that next week or whatever the time frame is, I sit down and it flows through. And so I think that there's something to be said for creativity and the art of creativity and cultivating it. I really do think that it encourages people and it helps us to get to know ourselves and to learn our personal patterns because what works for us might not work for somebody else. So there's something there about learning about yourself and accepting. So there's like the self-awareness, there's self-acceptance. And then the other thing that I love that you said was trusting, Mm -hmm. trusting the process and actually having faith that it's going to be all right. It's going to come through. Or maybe that's supposed to sit. And that big, beautiful painting you showed me, maybe it's supposed to sit for a little while longer and you'll go off and you'll do other things. And then all of a sudden you'll have this incredible experience or this idea and it comes through and it's something that it would have never been if you just forced yourself to do it, you know? Yeah. And even as you're saying this right now, I'm thinking, yeah, you're right, Leanne. I've got to wait for that one. I need to wait for this painting to come on its own and not rush the process, which is what I am going to do in a way. Because you just feel like you need to produce. I mean, we are in the world of like production. We're in this industrial yes. world where we need to produce, produce, produce. Whereas everything, actually, we all need to learn how to slow it down. And I love what you said about learning your personal patterns. That's exactly what talk about like learning how you I think it's most important for you to live a creative life you need to know yourself so well you need to know how you operate you need to know what's your optimum time what's your downtime and recognize it and pay attention and give those times like if you're for instance the sort that switches off after four o'clock then be at peace with that and use that time to then be creative or use that time to just be yourself and just let loose because you know that before 4 p.m., you're super charged up and you're doing so many things in between, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody needs to know their timing, they know their blocks, and especially living this creative life, we are always challenging schedules. We are always going to be challenging conformity. And it's going to be the most challenging thing because we've been brought up to think of certain time timing as a certain way. 
Yeah. Timing is not linear for us. Can we just that? <laughs> it's definitely not, as is this conversation. I love it. This is the definition of creativity and creative conversation. And one thing sparks another and sparks yeah. another. Something you mentioned earlier was that for you, your creative hours are 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And again, I think that this is a really important piece of the puzzle for anyone. Again, like you don't need to be an artist, quote unquote, or creative, because like you just are, but you don't need to this is just relevant to anyone listening. It's knowing your peak hours, knowing those hours when your brain is working, when you're inspired, when you're energetic, when you're able to be productive. For me, I'm actually way more of a night owl. It's really hard for me to get much done early in the morning. It probably takes me a couple hours to really just truly wake up and be ready to be with the world. Yeah. And that's just how I am. And mm-hmm. I've come to be okay with that. I just encourage everyone, have fun, get to know yourself in a new way. And to that, the end, like I, I started training other people to know when to call me like, or as I'll schedule. And I actually, I realized I've always had 10 o'clock is my starting day. It's yeah. my start only because I do a lot of other things in the morning before that to get yeah. started. That's great. And have told everyone that you must contact me only between these periods because I'm going to switch off. And I think it's really important for people to know that about you. So they go, okay, he's not going to reply. Or replying messages. I'll take my time replying messages too because I don't want to be on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have gotten to know how I work. And I think that's a luxury that later on in life, hopefully we all can enjoy and people and everybody learns each other's schedules and timings. Right. And yeah, that's also a creative world. <laughs> yeah. And also what I hear in there is boundaries, just knowing yeah. what works for you and communicating them with other people so that expectations are clear. <laughs> you know what works, they know what works. And it's like a solid foundation to move forward. So I love that. Going back to your office example. Yeah. I love how you said you were you. This is what I love. You showed up and you were true to you. You did not just sort of blend in because everybody else was. And I think that there's so much to be said for that. You were true to you. You brought in all of your colorful pens. You put up your postcards and then people knew they could grab things from you or they added and they would add postcards. First of all, by you doing that, you're inspiring other people to be true to themselves. You're inspiring other people to have fun with the fun pens and the colors. And there's something just really, really expansive about it. It was inviting. It was collaborative. It wasn't like blocked off, leave me alone. I'm just doing this. There was something really open and beautiful about it. Does anything come to mind when I share that with you? I maintained my postcard wall every office I went. It was the same building, but every time I would always have my wall. And I would remember people coming up to look forward. They look forward to how I would make my wall. And I loved it. I love that I was a visual reminder to them to say that you do not need to be a certain way to be in this world. I just recently, Mm. a girl that I never truly met in school and office came to me and she said that she remembered coming to the office and she always remembered my office because it stood out. And she always was curious as to what was in that office because it was just full of color and creativity. And the fact that she said that and she remembered this like 10 years ago of me and how I stood out for her. 
is a huge validation for me to know that you need to remain true and you need to let people in into your world as well and allow them to be in your space. I've had so many people come into my office and they just literally breathed out and just, oh my God, I feel so nice in this office. And we've had great brainstorming sessions, non-art related because of that, because we had this creative space to be in and thrive in. Yeah. And there's something liberating about it by you just being true to you you're saying to other people, hey, you can be true to you too. It's okay to be yourself. And that's why they could walk into your office and be like, oh, I can just sigh a big sigh of relief because they're not having to walk around like robots and try to keep it together and try to be how they think they should be. And so I just think that's such a powerful message. We can just show up as who we are and we can be celebrated for it. And we can leave a really powerful impact on people just by being exactly who we are and not hiding that or not trying to conform or fit in because that's usually what we try to do. And it's like, why, why do we try to do that? It's such a weird thing. Yeah. And just also while you were talking about it, I just feel like it was my responsibility to also say that just because you're a creative person, it doesn't have to be that your space has to be filled with color and all these weird things that you might think if you're quite a person, a black and white person, and you enjoy, and it brings you joy, and have all the black and white things in the world for you. Yeah. And if you have an office that doesn't allow you to have creative things posted on the wall, have a secret drawer or like have a little thing, just that little one defiant, rebellious thing that you put on to remind you. It's just a visual reminder. I think what we've been talking about is to visually remind yourself that you can go into a creative space by looking at something visual like that, you know, trigger. And I think that's for you, the ultimate would be enter a space of creativity. But for startup level one, just have one object that reminds you of a place of joy and let you build from that, you know, mentally. I love that. And so I know you are very passionate about the art of creative living. How would you describe that? And what are the benefits for people to really embrace the art okay. of creative living. Again, it starts with yourself. And I learned this when we were in Hawaii together. Yeah. And somebody posed this question, so what was going to be your ideal life? And I think when you start visualizing what that ideal life is for you. And for me, it's about waking up in the morning and looking at a beautiful home and then traveling to my studio and painting or creating things and then wrapping up the day with somebody like you love and enjoying the rest the world has to offer. For me, that's my creative life and having my own schedule. And I work towards that. That would be the goal to have this self-manifested sort of time. And it's not just conformed to just being an artist. I think you also manifest your own creative life. It's that living outside of conformity. And it's just you customizing a life for yourself. That's being creative. That's Mm. being imaginative for yourself. Um, and that's your creativity. And you can say, yeah, it's my creative life because I create. Yeah. I love that. I love it. And so it's interesting because there's definitely this concept of the reality of conformity. This has actually come up quite a bit in this conversation. Why do you think creatives and artists are usually rebellions? Why do you think that there's this rebellious side that lives within us? 
what do you think that's all about? Conformity, rebellion, what's the whole relationship there? For me personally, it's always been told that, oh, Nini, you're an artist, it's okay. You know, suddenly, or art has always been an elective subject, something that I do after school or, you know, during my free time. And I feel like because of that, I've had to rise above all of that and go against like a lot of people I've been in corporate for so long and I've done quite well without having a background in accounting or business or even broadcasting. I literally, I figured it out on the fly. And I think that's so important because a lot of people thought that I needed to be a certain way. I felt that they think that I couldn't have done it. Oh, Nini, you're an artist. You wouldn't know how to do this. But I set them to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. So I can be in a corporate world and I'd be an artist and do all of these things. What? You know, I am a whole brainer. I can do two things. I can be structured and I can be creative. For me personally, I just wanted to dismiss what an artist definition was. Like Mm -hmm. it's not struggling. I don't want to struggle. I want to have an art business. I want to be creative. I want to thrive. I want to live this luxurious life and be a painter at the same time and be a fashion designer at the same time. What? Am I, I cannot do this. And I also like artificial intelligence. I also like looking at how augmented reality affects our content. I look at social media and algorithms. So what, that doesn't fit in the box or doesn't that. I'm always having to fight that thought. And my goal is to break that barrier. My goal for my bigger purpose is to to share with people that you can be more than one and you can do this if you put your mind to it. We're so capable. We're just the age of industrialization. People have been told that we can only do one skill. You know how everybody says, Jack of all trade, master of none, that mm-hmm. famous line. I feel I'm challenging that now. I'm at a point where I feel multi is important. I feel mm-hmm. that you need to be as vibrant and multifaceted as possible, especially in this world. And it is important for us to embrace creativity and imagination for us to go to the next level because we're all at a, at a block right now. We're all used to thinking in such a way that we can't break that barrier. You know, where I come from, people don't know what the word pivot is and how do you pivot? They don't know what to do. You know, it's just thinking outside the box and learning how to make things different for yourself and being brave to take those steps. A creative person will never shy away from that Mm. because they're so used to living outside of the unknown. They're so used to living in the gray. And I think that's important for people to embrace the gray. (laughs) Mm, Yes, I agree. Embracing the gray. That was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You used a word that I recently just learned and I learned it from you and it's called the whole brainer. I had never heard of a whole brainer before. I've heard of left brain. I've heard of right brain. I've heard of like, you know, being able to flip back and forth, but I've never actually heard the term whole brainer. And so how cool would it be if the world had more whole brainers in it? Can you share more about what this means? What are some of the cool benefits that arise when we can learn how to embrace both parts of ourselves? It's so weird that you were like just mentioning whole brainer because I have this whole chart here that actually... Wait, yeah. <laughs> it's an art. It says art and it says it's a whole brainer. And I just want to list down the things that you can draw upon being a whole brainer. 
critical creativity, reflection, imagination, risk-taking, self-direction, resiliency, collaboration, communication, problem-solving. So basically, it's just taking the best of both worlds and putting it together and you can be this whole brainer and it's just, and that's art education for you. Mm-hmm. Art education actually helps you hone on these all these things that I literally survived on, the spirit of collaboration, communicating my ideas, problem solving, thinking outside the box, thinking how I'm going to do my next production with three cameras instead of seven, risk-taking and self-starting. So those are the benefits of being a whole brainer. And I'll tell you what, it's completely trainable. There's no such thing that you were born as a lab brainer and you're completely going to be a lab brainer for the rest of your life. You can train yourself to be both sides. It's just knowing. I think it's the idea of just being aware of what's out there and what you are good at and what you can enhance. Yeah. So I'm sold. I'm sold. (laughs) Sign me up for the whole brainer Academy, please. And from what I can see, Dr. Nini has prescribed you to be a whole brainer. It is official. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm going to wear that as a badge of honor because that was a badass list. And I do relate to a lot of those. And I love how you said that if you're listening to this and you're like really, really left brain, there's hope. <laughs> you can be right brain. You can you can inspire that and vice versa, right? So then I was thinking, I'm like, well, what about for all of us right brain folks who have had to train ourselves? What advice would you have for someone who's listening and they're like, I want to be a whole brainer, but I'm more left brain. How do I start to develop some of those right brain qualities? Well, you need to make art. <laughs> you yeah. need to make art and you need to be creative. And uh, I think that's sort of going to balance your structured sort of brain. And one of the best things that I like to do is just do a little quick craft stuff, like quick art projects for myself. Pinterest is my best friend and you can look at all the things that you'd ever want to do. And it starts with little things like, how do I make whatever? I think if you like Google that today, what would be the first project? Have you had a project in mind, a curiosity about something lately? Mm. Well, let's see. I mean, I have lots of little projects on the go. I I ordered a bookshelf a long time ago and it just arrived. So then I've been decorating it and that's been a really creative project. Um, For me, gardening, I find it really creative. It's the gardening time of year here. That's what I wanted to stress. The fact that it doesn't have to be art driven. It has Mm. to be project driven. So how can I make this? Because then again, you're going to be creative. You're going to be imaginative. You're going to be problem solving and all of those things. And I actually wanted to draw on the last project that you did really successfully, which is this podcast. This was an artwork in itself and the project. And this is your final uh, presentation and the presentations. You launched it online. You didn't even know how to edit and you did your own soundtrack. That whole process is a creative process that you went through. And it all started with, "Hmm, I want to be a podcaster. What do I do? You know, and that started you off on an adventure. So I guess in my very roundabout way, the best way to start thinking like a whole brain or going into that mode of creativity is trying to complete a project that you've always wanted to do a passion project. Yeah. So like it doesn't even have to be a big one. Yeah. Even just like starting a project, I'll have a lot of little things going all over my place in my bedroom. I want to put in some really, really nice curtains 
that are super, I want super heavy velvet, rich, luxurious feeling, but mainly to block out the light and to block out the noise. (laughs) So I want like this den, but then thinking about that, it's the visual. And I'm like, well, then what else would go here? And what else would I want to create? So it is about creating this beautiful space. And I tell you, I don't know if you're on Pinterest, but I love it at school because it's just a really quick way of putting a scrapbook together and just like giving you like these visual stimulation. And Pinterest is really clever because it just feeds you all these beautiful images and your ideal life that you want to do. And I think it's important for you to have it listed down and what you want to achieve. Like I love the fact that you have a list of things to do Mm -hmm. and I think the next step towards being a productive, creative person is to do action plans for them. It doesn't have to be like step by step, but you know, okay, I'm going to get this shelf project going off this weekend and then scroll mm-hmm. down, you know, and give yourself that timing and just go and do it and finish it off and check it off your list. This is my left brain coming in. Yeah, because I love it. This is the whole brainer. Yeah, because it's otherwise you're just going to have a whole bunch of things that you've never completed and you're going to feel really bad about yourself because you've never got around doing it. So that's a bit of force. You need to be like a little bit tough on yourself and say, I want to go do it, finish it by so-and-so. What what date? Putting yourself in a little imaginary box, if, if I may. Yeah. It's creating a container and creating that structure. And that's when creativity can flow through, which is ironic. And it seems almost like it's this confusing thing, but I know I but used to, not. but it's not, I used to resist structure so much, yeah. but now I know that structure actually really does help me thrive. And so yeah. it is finding, like, I love, like you said, like put a timeline on it. What are the next steps? What's the action plan? What are the things that you would need to buy? And just yeah. starting to take those actions to make it happen. And you know, my creative process is not at all linear. <laughs> oh gosh, mine is not. I mean, sometimes I'll have a list, but, you know, I'll go into like, I don't know if you have Spotlight here in, in Canada. Spotlight is like a craft DIY store. Mm. You go in and you just like have a lot of things, but I usually, and, and I, nothing gets accomplished at that visit. I think I go back home and I actually start creating. Then I realize, oh, I need this. I need this. So my project starts with my hands and then I work backwards and then I go, okay. And I formulate my list and then start again, you know? So it goes from middle, front, back, blah, blah, blah. It often starts in the middle for yeah. me. Do you know what? That's so similar for me too. And I love that you said that because I think sometimes there's mm-hmm. the failure to launch or the failure to start because we think we have to have it all mapped out and we need to know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. If I would have done that with this podcast, there's no way it would ever launch, I don't think, because yeah. it's a whole new industry that I had no idea. <laughs> even existed. And there's all of these different things that are a part of it, but I just started because I was inspired. I had an idea and it really has been this creative journey for me. And then I've learned and I'm figuring out things along the way, but I'm thinking of my closet reno. So I did a closet reno Mm -hmm. and I had this vision and really I'm working with a super tiny closet, but I'm like, I want the sliding ladder. And like, no, I don't have a sliding ladder in there, (laughs) but I just, I started, I started by taking all the clothes out, I unscrewed the different things and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to paint. So I went to the paint store and I used Pinterest. I love Pinterest, but I wanted to do something where it's almost abstract, but all kind of pinky colors, but different colors. And then with textures. 
So then I I bought like this molding paste and I did all these things. And I went to the craft store here. It's Michael's. And before I know it, I'm I'm putting gold flakes all over my closet. (laughs) And so then I had this guy here, a TaskRabbit man, to set up my closet. And he's like, oh, well, you're missing this and this and this. So I can come back another time and that'll give you time to finish painting your closet. And I'm like, oh no, it's done. <laughs> because, because, he, because he saw this as like, wait, there's like kind of streaky things, but I was in serious flow. I was in serious flow. I had this vision, but then the vision continued to take shape and sort of unfold. And that's where one of the things, and I think I've talked about this in another episode before, but it's like when you start to take action, it doesn't need to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. Once you start taking action, you're going to figure out what needs your attention next. Like, oh yeah, there's this issue, or I need to learn this, or I need to go buy this from the craft store or this from the paint store, whatever it is. There's so many things that we can't anticipate in life, in business, in love, in creativity, until we actually start taking action and doing things. So yeah, I just want to share that. Because it starts with like, I think it goes back to this idea that you have a list and start with the thing that's most manageable, mm. right? And do that first and then slowly it will amount to something. Yeah, the most manageable and maybe where the inspiration is as well. Like start where you are excited the most. Something that you and I had talked about before is you said, without imagination, you can't pivot. You can't live outside of your box. And so I truly think that people who cultivate their creativity, and I do believe anyone can be creative. And like you said, it's just a matter of choosing a fun project and starting to do it. It can be anything. But I think that people who embrace their creativity, who truly are active in it, they are able to pivot. They are able to have this bigger imagination and be problem solvers. And this is such a valuable life asset in business and in life. And so do you have anything to say about that? Like just sort of, again, to share what are some of the unsuspecting benefits to being creative? Because I think there's so many myths around creatives aren't smart or creatives are this or creatives are that. But really there's this whole other side of being a creative. Being creative is to me so important for everyone to know because it hones your imagination. And when you were saying something, I go with the saying, imagination is necessary. And once this Nobel Prize winner professor said to me, he said, Nini, you cannot use that as a term, imagination, because it's not, it doesn't exist. It's not a physical thing, right? It's a, how can you have something that's not physical? Imagination is necessary. But it was a scientific mind. So I just said, it's important for us to even just use that as imagination is something that you can attain and that it is necessary for us to pivot and think outside of the box and finding different solutions, especially now. Pivoting is such a word that was used because of COVID and you need to pivot and try to find new solutions to living a new life, uh, finding new solutions to building your businesses because the way that you're doing it right now is not working. So it's just a fancy word for try another way, right? And a lot of people have a hard time doing that because they only think one way and they've been doing it for so long that they think that that is the only way that's possible. But by being creative, you can actually see the many different ways of doing things and it can be in very various forms and it may not be a direct literal approach, 
But I think if we train ourselves to think more that way, more pliable, more flexible, more nimble, then we can see instead of one possible way of doing it, we can have five possible ways of doing it. And maybe two out of the five will actually meet and become that one. But it, it's not just that one solution. It's the first step towards creating more for yourself. So I think that's what I want to say about that. I, I love it. Woohoo. That's like boom, boom. And I just want to say, I'm like, imagination. How can like whatever is around us exists because somebody imagined it? Yeah. And somebody thought it. So to me, imagination is so solid and it's just like a real thing because it exists around us. This microphone, this computer, it's all, it started as an idea. The last question, creative courage. Creative courage. Creative courage. I've never, this term came to mind when you were talking and I was like, do you know what? I think that it takes courage to be creative. I think that it takes courage to step outside of the box or think a different way and to try something new and to, you know, like you said, most people think there's one thing, they know this one thing and they're kind of closed off to these other things, or maybe there's these other ideas that they have, but they're unknown. And so they're afraid to take the risk. Mm -hmm. And so what is your advice for people who are listening right now? Like how can they start to cultivate their courage through creativity or courage to be more creative. But I think that it's one one in the same. If you cultivate courage to be more creative, then your creativity is going to give you more courage and it's going to be this beautiful thing that expands and feeds all of the areas of your life. Yeah, you're at advanced level because you know, you're able to think like that. But I think for people who are just don't know, I think the first one is to cultivate the courage mm. to do something different. I know people have been saying this a lot. You see this everywhere in quotes and all that. But I think manageable goals, like small little steps, is, you know, one step for mankind, you know, kind of thing. Just do one thing at a time. And it's small, small goals to achieve before you can actually, it's called cultivating for a reason because you're building right. up courage to do bigger projects. Enroll yourself today in something or take an online course today to learn something new, learn a new skill. Mm -hmm. I think cultivating creativity means education as well, teaching yourself new things. Because how can you cultivate creativity without giving you new things and new skills to do it with? So I think that's the first step is education and learning something new. I love it. And like you said, Pinterest, that's a really, really great place to get ideas, to take those first steps and to find those projects and learn something new. Like the whole DIY section there is amazing. YouTube, you can basically Google how to do insert blank and you can find whatever you're looking for on YouTube. Even things you didn't know you were looking for, you will find. So for us, it's so easy because we're in that zone. We are in already a state of creative flow, you and I. So whenever we want to do something, all we have to do is like, right, how do I do it, right? Mm -hmm. for a lot of other people whose mindset is still, it's going to be a waste of my time or I don't have time to do it. I need to schedule it in. Those You need to work on that a little bit more before you can get into that state where everything becomes exciting and creative. That's a lot of personal blockage. Mm. Uh, that you need to overcome. So I think to those learning uh, or listening now and kind of trying to make sense of our conversation, I think the biggest things that we have been talking about is that about courage and about going beyond our comfort zone. Yeah, courage going beyond our comfort zones. 
being true to ourselves, not conforming and self-awareness and self-acceptance. I think that pretty much, (laughs) I think that encompasses at least a good chunk of the conversation. (laughs) And also I really like lists and I know that you do this in your podcast. So I have pulled out something from my good old, it's what causes creativity. It's a list of eight. So number one, it's confidence, ability to question without fear. This is what causes creativity, right? Two, observation, seeing problems or ideas. Three, humility, knowing you don't know everything, which is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness, number four, thinking on how to think. I think we talked about that a lot today. Curiosity, and I think we talked about that, exploring and experimenting. Six, resourcefulness, something to tinker with. Uh, Seven, energy, to explore and tinker. And then eight, action, not just thinking, doing. And I think that in our very unstructured way, we've covered all of this. And I hope that people realize that creativity is not about just being an artist. It's about thinking literally outside the box and doing something different. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That's so amazing. You had a list that makes my heart sing. (laughs) That's so sweet and so incredible. Thank you for the amazing conversation. It was so much fun. Thank you for just talking about this because I think that it is a really important part of us that deserves more attention in our day-to-day lives. I do believe the world would be a better place if we all embraced our creativity more. I think we'd be more joyful, less stressed, more happy. We would have better connections, better everything. So thank you for being you and being an advocate for the artist, the art of living and the art of creative living. Oh, thank you, Leanne. I have to thank you so much for inviting me to say what I have been wanting to say and giving me this platform because it's, for me, kind of validation as to what I'm doing and the fact that you're saying all these things that I hope somebody will say is just such a gift to me. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'm excited for future online workshops. I will be signing up for them because you do so many cool things. So keep me posted. Will do. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me in the Glojo. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope that it has sparked some creative inspiration inside of you. Now, today, instead of ending this conversation with Glow Notes, because Marini showed up with her eight amazing tips for inspiring creativity, I want to wrap this episode up with a creativity challenge. So here's your challenge for the week. If you have a project that you've been wanting to do, start it, pull the trigger and start it. If you have a project that you're in the middle of, sit back down or stand up, whatever kind of project it is, but dedicate time to that project. The goal is to carve out at least 20 minutes this week to be creative. If you can do more, great, do more. Hopefully you have a little bit more of time. So whatever it is that's going to fuel you, scratch that little creative itch that's living inside. Maybe you do some coloring. There's great adult coloring books nowadays. You could garden, you could paint, you could draw, you could write, you could do your makeup in a new, fun, creative way. You could create something on your iPad, on your computer, on your phone. You could decorate your house. As you see, the creativity list goes on and on. 
I would love to see your creative project for the week. So snap a photo. You can snap a photo of yourself doing the creative project. You can take a before and after. And then I want you to use the hashtag Glojo Creates. And so that's hashtag Glojo Creates. It can be a creative photo of what you get up to this week and connect with me on Instagram. I look forward to seeing you there. One other thing, I have a newsletter now. So get on my newsletter for insider information about all things going on at the Glojo, including things that I'm working on outside of the podcast. Visit theglojo.com and sign up for my newsletter to stay connected. I have a lot of fun things coming up and I look forward to sharing them with you there. Okay, that's all for now. I am signing off. Have a wonderfully fun, fulfilling, creative, inspired week. And I will see you next time in the Glojo. Joe.